All right, and welcome back to Story Revolution. This is episode two. I'm your host, Michael Hernandez, and today we're going to be talking about uh, Breaking Bad, Embarrassing Fourth Grade Stories, and Genesis 2, or Genesis 3, sorry, through 6. Last week we talked about Genesis 1 through 2, the story of creation, the account of creation, the biblical account of creation. And uh, so, yeah, let's get started. Let's roll the theme music. Welcome to Story Evolution with your host, Michael Hernandez, your very own local Cuban. Okay, so this week we are going to be talking about Breaking Bad. So why Breaking Bad? Why why Breaking Bad out of all things that I could have brought up? Well, let's talk about Breaking Bad for a sec, and maybe you'll see why. The point of this show and the point of the reason, and the reason that I'm doing this is because I love storytelling. I'm passionate about it, and I think it's a beautiful form of art, and I think it's a form of art that gets passed over a lot, and I think it's a form of art that... Um, gets looked over a lot, especially when it's, you know, used beautifully. So Breaking Bad. What's so amazing about Breaking Bad? Well, the acting was incredible. The directing was incredible. You know, there's so many quotable lines in that show. There's an amazing thing. So if you, if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, what is the show about? I'm going to give you a quick little synopsis. The show is about a chemistry teacher who gets cancer. Um, and because of that, he starts to look at his life and think about certain things and he thinks about he has a fear of leaving his wife and his kid at the time uh with nothing with only a little bit of money and probably mounting debt because of all the bills that he's gonna have medically so his response to that is he thinks well i need to maybe make a way or find a way to make them money so i can get this treatment or whatever and pay pay for this but leave something behind you know but, I mean, really his view is, I'm not going to make it through this. It's an aggressive form of cancer. And so he begins to sell drugs. As he's a chemistry teacher, and he was actually a very good chemist. Um, but some things had gone uh, south in his life. And for that reason, he didn't end up in this esteemed position with millions of dollars coming in. He ended up teaching high school and living paycheck to paycheck. So he decides he's going to sell drugs and use chemistry, the only skill that he really had, to make really good heroin. So, yeah. This guy sounds kind of like a bad guy in a sense because if you were to read the story and read the paper about a high school teacher selling heroin, your first thought wouldn't be, what a good guy, what a good person. Your first thought would be, what a jerk, evil, this, that. But the cool thing about the show is you watch him progress. You watch him go from chemistry teacher and you watch him make a bunch of well-intentioned decisions that lead to him becoming not just a chemistry teacher who's trying to sell a little bit of drugs for a short time to make money. But uh, the way the director of the show describes it is it's like Mr. Chips to Scarface. It's this completely, you know, kind of bland personality and this completely, you know, moral guy going to this dark, crazy drug lord. And What's so beautiful about the show is that while what wraps you into the show is that there's a story unfolding. And more than many shows that I've seen in my life, which to be honest, I haven't finished many shows for the very reason that their stories get convoluted, they get confusing, they have no, like, it's just weird to watch at a point and you just forget why you even started watching it. But this show is different. From the beginning to the end, I was hooked. I was just so captivated by every moment of his story because it was so interesting to me how this man went from being completely good in my sense of the word to completely evil. Yet the interesting thing wasn't that he became good to evil, if you want to think about it like that, but was that me as the viewer, I actually found myself cheering for him at times, 
cheering for this guy who was becoming a drug lord, who was starting to kill people to obtain power, who was starting to do things that I would normally, um, having read those things in a paper, looked at those things online, said that person was evil. But because I was invested in the story of the person, and because I saw it through a lens that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to see it through um, any other way, I actually started to understand why he made certain choices. And so I think that's the beautiful thing about storytelling. You see, because in Breaking Bad, the storytelling takes you from this place where he's Mr. Chips to this place where he's Scarface. And it does it in such a way and so flawlessly that you start to understand his motivations. You start to understand why he, did, he does certain things. And you start to sympathize with him. You don't just start to enjoy his story and say, oh, that's a great story. You actually start to enjoy his personality, who he is. You start to laugh with him in different moments. You start to cry with him in different moments. You start to feel for him. But in the end of the show, you're actually cheering for Scarface. Which is crazy, really, when you think about it. That you're cheering for this man who you kind of know is evil. You kind of know has, you know, broken bad. That he's broken from this good man that he was. And he's reached this point where there's no turning back. Yet, you realized how he got there. You heard the story. And so I think that's why I love Breaking Bad. And why I wanted to spend some time on it this week. Because I want to challenge you to think, why do I think stories are important? Because I think stories give a perspective that sometimes we don't have the luxury of seeing through. Imagine if Breaking Bad was an actual story. Imagine if Walter White was a real person and you saw his paper, you saw his face in the paper. You saw his face on the news. You heard the story. After all these things had been said and done, if you were sitting at your family table or whatever you were sitting watching the news, you'd probably say, wow, that guy's a bad dude. That guy's evil. You know, if you heard this uh, PBS story of this high school um, chemistry teacher who started selling drugs to all these people, ruining hundreds of people's, thousands of people's lives, killing people to get reputation, um, all these things, you would say that guy's evil because you had the perspective of an outsider. But the people who watch the show, they're, they, yeah, they think he's evil. I don't think that um, people came to different conclusions, but there's such a deep sympathy that they have that it actually creates a conversation about these things that watching it on the outside couldn't. So my challenge to you from Breaking Bad this week is that stories can change your perspective and stories can open conversation that wasn't there before because you never had the perspective. So yeah, of course, telling the story from the, um, you know, from the Bible is going to have that effect. But also, I want to challenge you just telling stories from your own life. I mean, you think about it, how many people... Do you see when they defend themselves, they just tell the story of what happened because they're hoping that if you understand it from their perspective, then you'll understand why they did what they did. Even if you don't agree with it, you'll, you'll sympathize with them and you'll understand what they did. That's an interesting thing. That tactic is actually commonly used, right? And it's, it's a good way to actually help people understand you and help people understand why you did what you did. Because you're not just saying, well, I did this or I didn't do this. You're saying, well, let me tell you the story of what happened. And so stories um, from personal experiences, stories about uh, things you've been dealing with in your life, when you just tell the story, there's an ability for people to be impacted in a way that wasn't possible before. Uh, because people now see it through a new lens, and so they can actually think about it differently, and they can maybe understand why you see things the way that you do. So, you know, even if it comes to telling a story of uh, your faith, I think whatever your faith is, these are huge, hugely important to learn the stories. Because... It teaches you how to interact and how to defend and, and how to give people new perspectives. 
You know, because the interesting thing about Breaking Bad was it wasn't trying to defend Walter White and say he's good or bad. It just told you his story and it wanted you to talk about it yourself and come to your own conclusions. The worst kind of storytelling in movies and in movies and in TV shows is when they try to force their meanings or interpretations down your throat. I think it's why we commonly see Christian movies not have as much success. Because I think a lot of Christian movies, while Christians have so many amazing stories about their faith and um, so many amazing stories, just biblically even, but just so many amazing stories of different um, heroes of the faith throughout um, time, we don't tell them in a way where we just want the person to see through their perspective. We actually try to force a morality or force a point down someone's throat. And that's the worst thing you can do because when somebody's being told a story, they actually want in the end to have some questions that they're going to go back with. And that's what Breaking Bad did. I didn't leave Breaking Bad thinking, oh, I know everything now and I understand all the complexities of the drug trade and um, of the drug problems in America. But I definitely had some questions after watching that show. So, yeah, I hope that makes sense. I hope it makes sense for you to think, hey, stories are actually a legitimate way for me to get across uh, points and to help people see from a different perspective. And if I don't try to force my morality or force my interpretation of different stories that have impacted me, then possibly this person could have some questions of their own. And so next, I want to just tell a funny little story about me when I first went to school in fourth grade. For no other reason than I just think some stories are funny and I want you guys to know a little bit who I am. A good friend of mine just said, hey, you should start telling stories about who you are. Um, on the podcast, so I thought that was a great idea. So in fourth grade, I went to a new school. Actually transferred in the middle of fourth grade. I didn't hold up so well in Catholic school, so um, for a number of reasons, I had to leave, and or was asked to leave in, I guess, a sense. And so I ended up in a public school for the first time, and it was hard for me to make friends. I was a, I was a chunky little kid. I had a stutter at the time. I was not as socially adapted as most, probably at the time. I was incredibly shy, but I would also have random outbreaks in class. So I was an interesting person to have in class. I was uh, I was trying to make new friends. I was trying to learn the public school life. I had only done the Catholic school shtick for a little bit, so it was a it was a new it was a new pair of pants to try on. Very literally, because I only wore khakis for my whole life, and I was wearing jeans to school. Um, I felt young and free. I didn't really have any friends, and the first friend I ever really made, his name was Andrew. Um, his name still is Andrew, I believe, and he is a uh, still one of my best friends. He's an awesome dude, and we were walking home from school one day, and we're talking, and I'm like, hey, you should come over. We should hang out, and he's like, yeah, sure, dude. You know how to get your house? I was like, yes, but we had just moved to this town. I really actually didn't know how to get to my house, and I kind of just vaguely knew the way, and I was overconfident, and I wanted to impress my only friend, um, who also happened to be my best friend, which I don't know if that was by chance. I'm not sure if that was by choice, or if that was just the way that statistically that had to work out. We start walking home, and I make a couple lefts, a couple rights. My town is one square mile, so I realized that a certain amount of time that there's zero chance we're heading towards my house, because we have definitely walked more than a mile. And I'm tired, I'm still out of shape, still fat, it did not change within 30 minutes of me telling him we should walk to my house. And so I am gassed and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And I didn't have a cell phone at the time, um, didn't have anything, and just a whole series of events ended up taking place where we were just knocking on people's houses, trying to get a phone, trying to do something, and we end up having to wave down a cop 
And, and I tell the cop where I live. He drives me home. That's the only thing I knew, actually. I only remembered my address. And so he drives me home. And my first day at school trying to make a new friend, I get dropped off with my friend in a cop car at my house. That's the that's pretty much the story. Hope that tells you a little bit more about me. I don't know why it would. Now you know that there was a time when Michael Hernandez was slightly fatter, slightly less good at talking. He was bold to ask the cops for rides home. Why do I tell a story about myself every week? Is just because I think it's fun and I want you guys to understand. And sometimes the stories will go deeper. I wanted to start with something light, but uh, I do want to get to every story that's defined who I am. And this last year even has been super interesting for me, just dealing with a lot of really hard stuff in my family, but also really good stuff. And I want this podcast to be a place where I tell the hard stories and the fun stories and the in-betweens. So with all that said, uh, let's go into the story for today. And the story for today is Genesis 3 through 7. Why are we going to talk about that today? Why are we going to talk about all these different things? Well, like I said, the intent of this is to hopefully give you a bit of a Breaking Bad perspective, give you a bit of a new perspective. Maybe you've heard these stories from the outside, people telling them in ways that they were just trying to force morality down your throat and people telling them in ways where they were just trying to hit you over the head. But I hope right now as you listen to what I'm about to say, to the stories I'm about to tell, word of mouth, to the best of my memory, um, that maybe you get something new. And so... I also thought it would be a good idea, because biblically this is a cool little fact, that Jewish names, when you, you know how our names have meanings? So Jewish names, when you say them, it's not like their name has a meaning. Their name really just does just say that thing. So it'd be like, imagine if your name meant, um, like my name does, Michael means who is like God. Uh, Mishael, who is like God. So it's actually a question with a question mark. Um, it's kind of a rhetorical question. It's where the answer is like, no one is like God. Imagine if every time you saw me, you said, hey, who is like God? That's kind of what it would be like to be speaking in Hebrew because their names are like they're actually composed of each word that makes up their name. So it's not like English where my name is Michael. And if you look up the definition on Google, you'll know you, it, it actually is like completely different where there you are just saying that name. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, just cool little facts. So as I tell the story, I'm going to actually tell you names and their meanings because I think that'll be pretty cool and hopefully give the story a little bit of uh, meat to it. So let's begin. Oh, yeah. And before I begin, let's just maybe go over a little bit of next week or last week. So remember in Genesis 1 through 2 that there was a creation of the world and that God had made man in his image and from man he had taken out woman. And he had made now man and woman, and they were standing side by side. And he blessed them and told them to multiply the earth. And he put them in the garden. Well, that's where we're picking up today. So when God put them in the garden, the man and woman were free to roam around. They were free to eat from any tree except the tree in the middle of the garden. Now the serpent, he was the shrewdest of all the animals in the garden. And one day he came to the woman and he asked, did God really say that you couldn't eat from any tree in all the garden? The woman said, no. Of course we can eat from any tree. But it's just not the tree in the middle of the garden. Because if we eat that, we will surely die. But the snake said, you won't die. God knows that your eyes will be opened. And that you will become like God. You'll have his wisdom. You'll have his understanding. 
And the woman was convinced. She saw the fruit and it looked delicious. She saw the tree and it looked pleasing to the eye. She wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she ate. And then she gave it to the man who was standing there with her. And their eyes were open and they felt a shame that they had never felt before. And as the cool evening breeze was passing by and blowing, the man and the woman covered themselves with fig leaves quick, quickly to hide their shame. And they ran and they hid. But the Lord was coming. The Lord was coming in to walk and to be with his people as he always had. And he couldn't find them. And he called to the man, where are you? The man came out and he said, I heard you walking and I was afraid because I was naked. And God said to him, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I've commanded you not to eat? But the man said, it was the woman that you had given me. God asked to the woman, what have you done? The woman said, it was a serpent. He deceived me. Then God said to the serpent, Cursed are you. You will crawl on your belly all your life and you will eat dust for the rest of your life. I will put a a deep hate between you and the seed of the woman. He will strike your head and you will bruise his heel. Then God said to the woman, Because you have eaten from the tree and listened to the serpent, you have been deceived. Your pregnancy will not be cursed. You will bear forth children, but it will be only in pain. You will desire to control your husband in your house, but he will will have to rule over you. Then God said to the man, Since you have taken the fruit from the woman and you have eaten, the ground is cursed because of you. You will struggle all your life to make a living from it, to grow, to plant, to harvest. Thistles will grow even though you will want wheat to grow. From the sweat of your brow, you will earn the food that you eat for the day. Day by day, it would be like this. And in the end, you'll return to the dust. Because from dust you came, and to dust you shall return. Then Adam, which means red, named his wife. He named her Eve. Eve is, um, its closest meaning maybe is is vivacious. That's kind of a way you could think of that name. So Adam named Eve. And the Lord God made them clothes. For now there were these human beings with names, with shame on their lives, with clothes. And God said, Look, look what has happened. They've become like us. And if they eat from the tree of life, they will live forever. So God banished them from the garden. And he protected the garden, putting cherubim on each end of the garden and a flaming sword in the middle. And so time had passed and Adam and Eve had left the garden. They were banished. Adam knew Eve and she gave birth to a son named Cain. She said, Thank God, for I've given birth to a son and his name will be Cain. Then she gave birth to another son. And his name was Abel. Now the name Cain, it means spear or possessed. And the name Abel, it means breath or son. So these two boys grew up. Abel became a shepherd and Cain cultivated the land. Harvest time came and Cain wanted to present um, some of his harvest to the Lord. And so he did. But Abel also presented his best lambs to God. But the Lord accepted Abel's offering and Cain's he did not accept. And Cain was dejected. And God said to Cain, why do you look so sad? Why are you so dejected? Why are you angry? Do right and you will be accepted. But if not, sin crouches at your door and it looks to master you. But you must master sin. You must subdue it. One day as Cain was walking, he asked Abel, Abel, let's go to the fields. At that point, Cain jumped out of jealousy, out of rage that his gift was not accepted. He jumped and he killed Abel. He attacked his own brother. After he he was walking away, he was trying to hide what he had done. And God asked him, where is Abel? Cain said, why should I know? Am I his guardian? 
but the Lord knew. His blood cries out, What have you done? From now on, this land will reject you, because you have killed your brother and you have spilled his blood. So you must leave this land, and you will work day by day to collect your food. You will be a homeless wanderer in any land that you go. And Cain said, My punishment is too great. You banish me from your presence and from this land, and I will be a homeless wanderer. The first person who finds me will kill me. The Lord said, No. A sevenfold punishment will be given to anybody who kills you. So he marked Cain to warn anybody not to kill him. Cain went to Nod, a land east of Eden. Cain married, he had sons, and they carried on his legacy. A legacy of shame. A legacy of guilt. A legacy of self-protection. So at the same time, Adam and Eve had another son, Seth. And Eve said, thank God has granted us a son in the place of our, of our son Abel. She was still mourning his death. And then Seth had another son, and his name was Enosh. Now the name Seth translated to anointed or compensation. And so Seth had another son. And that time was the first time that people actually began to worship God by name. It was the time of Seth and his sons. God created them, and God blessed all the humans that he had created. He blessed them to multiply, and so Adam's lineage grew. Eight generations of sons passed, living hundreds of years each. Some lived up to 800 years. Then came Noah. Now Noah was a man whose name meant comfort, long-lived, repose. He had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the sons of God began to mix with women. And God said, My spirit will not put up with humans, beings for this long. We will put a cap on their life of 120 years. For in the times of Noah, humans were living to somewhat, some as far as 800 years. And when the woman and the sons of God lay together, they, they created something not quite so human. They were called the Nephtali. They're the ones who uh, you hear the stories of the ancient times and the heroes. And the heroes of ancient times, these are the ones who created these stories, these Half God, half men. But all the things they did and thought on the earth began to grow totally evil. People began to hate. People began to fight. And all their thoughts towards each other were evil and all their thoughts towards God were evil. The Lord saw this breaking out in the land and it broke his heart. And the Lord said, I'm sorry I ever made them. I have to destroy them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. Noah was a righteous man. He was the only one. He was an interesting man to be around because he walked in fellowship with God. He had his three sons, and he was the only one on earth who was good, the only one on earth who looked for right, righteousness and justice, and he walked in fellowship with God. God observed corruption in the earth, and God said to Noah, I've decided to destroy all the earth. I've decided to destroy from every living creature, from the smallest to the largest, all that walk on land. We have to destroy them. Now I want you to build a large boat, Noah. And God began to give Noah dimensions, materials, things that Noah would have to do. God said to Noah, Look, everything is going to be destroyed, but with you I'll make a covenant. You will enter into the boat that I've told you to build, and all the animals will come and follow you. You will bring seven pairs of every animal, and you will take on food for all the animals and for all the people to eat. Noah did all that God commanded. Noah built the boat. Noah had prepared the animals. Noah had prepared his family. And everything was ready. And God said to Noah, Go in to the boat and take the animals. Take seven pairs of all kinds for eating and sacrifice as well. In seven days I will send rain, or rain for forty days and forty nights. Noah did everything the Lord had commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the flood actually began. Ham and his wife and his sons were on the boat with all the animals, and they entered into pairs as the Lord had commanded. 
They had brought animals for food and for sacrifice as well, as well as the ones who were going to leave the boat to procreate and to fill the earth. Water sprang up from the ground, and rain fell from the sky in mighty ways. Forty days and forty nights it fell. When Noah entered it with all the animals, the Lord shut the door. And so it was sealed, so they were protected, and the floodwaters rose and rose for forty days, but the boat was protected, and it rose with the waters. Until even the mountains were covered, and all the animals in the earth died. Every living thing on the earth, on the dry land of the earth, had died. After forty days it stopped. For a hundred and fifty days it covered the earth. So they were in the boat, Noah, his family, and the animals. For a hundred and fifty days, roaming the earth, waiting for land to appear, waiting for the promise of God to be fulfilled. So that's the story. It's a story for today. I hope it's a good one. Um, and I hope it's a new pers- perspective. Maybe it gives you some questions that you didn't have before. I'm thinking about next week maybe including some questions at the end, not trying to get extra biblical and you know help make you guys think what I'm thinking about the story, but actually just um, give some questions that are good for dissecting any story. Um, so those are just some thoughts I had, but uh, let me know what you guys think. Let me know what you guys think of this week. If the recording sounds better, I hope the audio quality is finally good, and I hope that this experience was just a lot better. Um, thank you guys so much for supporting me. It means the world to me. Um, and please send me comments. Just tell me how I can do this better, or tell me that it's the worst thing ever and that I should stop. I probably won't listen to that advice. Um, at least I hope not, unless I get enough of it. But I... Um, but really, I just want to know how people are reacting to this, and I want to know what you're thinking and how I'm doing and whether you like hearing about movies. Yeah, please tell me that. Do you like hearing about the movies in the beginning of the TV shows? Do you like hearing stories about my life? What is it that you like to hear um, besides just the biblical stories that I'm going to tell? So anyway, bless you guys. Thank you.